Welcome to Between Two Curators, the podcast where two friends and, well, curators discuss life, art, and what or rather who inspires them. I'm Cliff. And I'm Jen. And in this episode, we speak with connector, empath, and serial entrepreneur Christina Dizzler, who places well being at the core. She's the founder and CEO of Work Lab and editor-in-chief of The Work, and equally consults, coaches, and advises on what it means to be well at work. Welcome, Christina. Thank you so You're much welcome. for having me here. What a, what a delight. <laughs> we're so happy to have you. Um, we, we're just going to have a bit of a chat, but we thought that we'd kick off with our first question, which, you know, we always like to keep it really light, really breezy. And it's just basically, you know, this journey of putting being well at the core at the fore. How did it start? Oh, <laughs> being well. I mean, it's an, that it's a very nonlinear path. I can tell you that much, mm -hmm. um, as most of our journeys are. And I would say that it started pretty young when I struggled with mental health growing up and um, struggled actually in the academic school system um, just with anxiety and depression uh, through my adolescence and early 20s. And I came home from university and I started working for my family business and the company had gone through quite a bit of rapid growth. And yep. it was really fascinating to me to witness um, I started getting really fascinated around, um, like how do we optimize our human state mm. and how also at the same time, I grew up with, um, you know, a father who is an immigrant to Canada and, um, and, you know, ran the household, uh, in a certain way. And it was really fascinating to observe him running the business in this similar way and understanding um, these systems and structures. So there's kind yeah. of this combination of just fascination of human yeah. humans. Yeah. And also at the same time, um, this parallel fascination with structures and how do structures support people to be their best self? How do structures also around, you know, the concept of work-life balance. I obviously grew up in a family business originally was out of the basement of our home and not really ever yeah. having that for myself. <laughs> yeah. Like that didn't really exist. Yeah, exist. And, yeah. and being able to then um, understand that a lot of tension actually happens when we try to create these really um, separate uh, kind of senses of self. And I started to, you know, really look at what were the patterns we were seeing within the business um, and then be able to really start adapting how things were structured to support people. And even if that meant that they were going to go off and do their own thing. Um, and then I started a co-work space. Yeah. Um, and starting this co-work space, um, was so important to me because I really believed that, especially coming from Vancouver originally, and that's where Work Lab was born, yeah. um, was that we, we, especially in Vancouver, you really do, a lot of people live there because it's a beautiful environment. Mm. You're around nature, you're around all these things that actually make us feel really good and are healthy and nourishing. And yet the place in which we spend the majority of our day at work it didn't really reflect that. And mm -hmm. so we had these spaces that actually really didn't optimize 
uh, like our human well-being. And when we are our best self, we do our best work. Um, so yeah, that we, I, I, I birthed work lab in 2016 and, um, and I think at that time too, there was just so much celebration. And I think especially in Silicon Valley with startups, um, and businesses going through such growth that we, we started to really see the celebration of burnout almost like we would celebrate how minimal, like how much sleep you got or how little sleep you got and how mm. many coffees you'd had. Yeah. It was like this victorious, um, uh, way to connect with one another of like, oh yeah, like, and, and, you know, we all can tell now that this way of being is not sustainable. Um, and I actually really do think that we enter into creativity and innovation when we can get into a state of vulnerability and how we get into vulnerability <clears throat> is when we are connected. So, um, work lab was born in 2016. We, created a holistic wellness element to our co-work space. We wanted to infuse everything we did in the day-to-day. We knew that people, we wanted to infuse everything, um, everything that we did and provided for as a service to our clients, to our members as a really, as a way to connect back inward and take care of yourself. And, um, and we ended up growing quite rapidly and getting a lot of kind of global recognition for the business. And then in 2019, I think, yeah, last year, oh my gosh, it hasn't even been a year. This uh, um, it's, it's been a strange year, you know? <laughs> it's been a strange year. I'm like, what is time? It doesn't exist. Um, but we, uh, I won an award from the federal government um, to kick off, yeah, from the Canadian federal government, um, the Women's Entrepreneurship Fund to kick off um, launching our platform, which was the work, because we saw that we weren't being written about for being a co-work space, but it was more so around this positioning of um, of really like infusing mindfulness into business and into space mm. and how that actually is, you know, really looking at um, again, that concept of work and life being two separates and, yeah. I, and to, especially in today's day and age, we are just one, we live one life and, um, and we are in one vessel all day long. And yet we would create this inner tension of creating, trying to create these separates. And so mm-hmm. how can we infuse, um, how can we infuse our work day with things that really do take care of ourselves? Um, so the platform launched November and it's essentially like resources, conversations, mm-hmm. um, skill development offerings, um, really to support people in taking care of themselves so they can do their best work and looking at it from a holistic lens instead of super siloed, um, and really, yeah, optimizing the human in us, in us all. Oh, so amazing. Yeah. I'm so much in there and gosh, we all really do need a lot of care for ourselves at the moment. Yes. Um, You just mentioned, you just kind of, that was a great story, by the way, like all the, (laughs) yeah, all of it. (laughs) So much in there. I know. I'm like, Um, where does being well start? (laughs) Well, it's interesting because everybody's, um, you know, uh, awareness and of, of, of wellness and the importance of 
comes from a completely different place. So it's really great yeah. to hear where that um, personal journey began, which then informs the professional work that you do. Mm-hmm. And you were just talking at the end there about, um, so, uh, you know, siloed approach versus a holistic approach. And um, with the early uh, start in your family's business and in the mm-hmm. HR side of things. And, and I think for a lot of companies, um, you know, this is perceived as maybe an HR issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you... It's clear for, from from your history that you then mm-hmm. said, all right, you can't just have it be sitting in an HR issue. You need to go make yes. something new with a holistic approach. And I wonder if you could um, just shed a little light on that, because I think, you know, 99% of the, the working culture that, you know, surrounds us is still this, like, company with an HR department and um, people who want to believe we should have plants around us, but then they have to ask HR to go buy some plants, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. I think, well, one of my biggest frustrations, even though I worked within my family business, so, Mm. you know, it wasn't your typical position of being head of HR, but one of the things I felt so challenged by is HR in itself is somewhat of an advisory role within a structure and system. Um, And so, you're advising managers, but you technically could go have a manager and fi- and they could fire their subordinate um, without your approval. And of course, there would be re- repercussions, but um, there's such importance of these structures and systems, especially because they're still very much so hierarchical, that it's so top, it, it's top down. It really does make a difference. Who is at until we reach a point where these structures shift and adapt, which they may with time, especially as we have more remote work, we're seeing that, you know, change um, in becoming a little more flat, but it really makes a difference who's in these positions mm-hmm. um, and who's kind of higher up within these systems. Um, we all know it. We've all worked, I'm sure, for companies where, you know, you've got all this great stuff going, um, initiatives going, and you've got someone who's at the top of the structure who, um, who doesn't do all, all of the policies and procedures that are in place, they bypass them or whatnot. And then, you know, you're only as good as I like to say, you're only the policies and procedures are only as good as the people who uh, put them in place or wait, is that the same? I feel like I'm getting it a little wrong, but it's about (laughs) them being actually enforced from the top. Um, and, and we mirror those that are above us in these structures. So yeah, I think the, um, it, it really is a new paradigm of business. And I think that's why after COVID, um, I mean, not after COVID, but, uh, you know, we're still obviously in this, this period we're, you know, post lockdown is what I'm really speaking about in this kind of, you know, everyone asking, well, what is the new norm? And in reality, no one knows we can do our very best in assessing, um, you know, what the, like what might pan out, but in reality, um, the best work we could be doing right now is actually mindfulness training about being in present state and developing our resiliency. So we can adapt no matter what happens. Um, because yeah, like this has taught us, we could have had all of our projections financially, you know, our marketing strategy, all of these things. And if we held on with like, you know, white knuckling and and gripping on to our plans from Mm -hmm. a really cerebral place, we wouldn't be in a state in which we could adapt our businesses. So I actually think like 
I know this kind of went a bit off from what you asked, Cliff, but I think that our best work right now as business leaders or as managers, we're all leaders in our own right. All of yeah. us, every human on this earth is, has, is, has, is a leader. Um, but our, you know, our best work is really actually, yeah, getting into present time and, and knowing that, um, that's what's actually going to be the most sustainable for our business ventures or actually for any part of our life. Um, but we don't necessarily get the skills and training, yeah. um, to do that. Yeah. And so I do see like companies are putting mindful, like HR is a lot of these big companies have these mindfulness training programs or workplace well-being programs. But again, it's like what I said, if the, if it's not a company culture, um, way of being, if it's just a kind of a slap on of this is what we offer, but if that's not your state of being as a company, and the way in which you operate as a company, um, it's, there's going to be such a deep level of incongruence that your staff and your team is going to feel. Um, yeah. And I think that, um, I think that that is going to be kind of what we see in the future of business is, is really mindful leadership. I think that's really interesting. And I'm thinking of, you know, things that you build, things that you construct, as opposed to Mm -hmm. using this mindfulness as a veneer or something that you add on at the end. It's something Mm -hmm. that then is part of the materials that you're using for the construction of the creation itself, right? It's not a slap on, it's something at the core. And this slightly leads into when um, you touched on, you know, work lab. So this incredible co-working mm-hmm. space that you built um, and you've built up and there was, it was not the veneer. It was at the construction of the core. And maybe you could mm-hmm. share with us a couple of the options for a person's interaction with their day that they could do mm-hmm. aside from sitting at a desk in order yes. to help themselves. And obviously this is something core to, work lab but it's something which you know we've just been saying can extend to our everyday um so maybe you could yeah expand on that a little bit so i think if we talk about kind of the core essence of work lab having this mindfulness element i took this from a friend the other day (laughs) as he described mindfulness was awareness plus intention so when we are in our day-to-day, it is so easy. I mean, we all know it to get reactive, you know, something triggers us or, you know, we go into a loop or, you know, down the rabbit hole of reactivity. It's just second nature. We're human. It's how we're hardwired. And when we are in that state, we're actually not able to get into our logical brain. And so we need to calm our nervous system. And so what I would say, the easiest thing, if you can't control your work environment and have some light, airy, plant-filled space um, with, you know, fresh air and <laughs> all of these things and, yeah. you know, all of these little elements that make a really conducive work environment, there's a lot of things you can do to actually help support your self-regulation. And so whether that is taking a couple breaths of a longer exhale, which actually we often say that 
deep breath in is how we will, um, you know, you're stressed out and you take a few, keep, take a few deep breaths. And actually it's the slow exhale that mm. brings our heart rate down. So if you breathe in for two and then out for four, and you just do that a couple times, even just one handful, five times, you will notice all of a sudden you will start to regulate or something as simple as your, I mean, I don't know how many people are around boardroom tables right now, but <laughs> when you are at a boardroom table, um, a friend of mine taught me this early on. She's another founder in the wellness world and she takes her feet out of her shoes and literally grounds her feet onto uh, the floor. And just that sense of connection mm. or, you know, just really trying your best to go through your five senses of, you know, we all know them, you know, what am I feeling? Okay. Can I feel the seat underneath of me? Um, what am I smelling? Um, can I, um, can I taste anything in my mouth or what is that experience? And, and just going through that. And these are all like just these little I don't even want to say hacks because they're, they're really all at our fingertips and we don't need anything except for mm. just a moment of presence in order to do that. Right. And, you know, if we're able to get into that state of like grounded, you know, kind of internal alignment, how, how that shows up for us is also like so impactful on the connections and communication we're having with others. Yeah. Um, our, our ability to be receptive and really there um, also will increase your efficiency and opportunity for collaboration and the list goes on and on and on. But um, yeah, I think the quickest, the quickest way is honestly through the breath. And it's something that people talk about all day long. You don't need to do like a 20 minute breath work session. It really can be a matter of a couple breaths to just ground down and support yourself no matter where you are, mm. no matter what office you're in. Even your home. <laughs> Even your home, your home office, your, your kitchen counter. Literally when you were describing exactly. the five senses, I started doing it. I was like, <laughs> like smelling and tasting. Yeah. It's, it's really, yeah, it's incredible. Mm. Yeah, I think... Um, we're going to see, I really do think that this is kind of, I mean, my opinion, of course, but I really do believe that this will be kind of the new paradigm of leadership. We'll really be talking about, um, we'll really, not just talking about, we'll really be initiatives being pushed around, um, mindful yeah. leadership. Um, absolutely. Especially in today's day and age post mm. all the change all we've the now change, realized yeah. we can't, we can't hold on to our old way of being. Mm. Mm. And on, on that issue, um, I think a lot of what you um, say there has to do with, you know, this ingrained behavior that we mm -hmm. have in the workplace culture. Um, and it's all a bit self-reinforcing, isn't it? Because everybody starts mm -hmm. doing the same thing and then it's all about sort mm -hmm. of falling into line behaviorally. Um, and with like developing a, a workplace culture from scratch as you've as you've done in your projects are there sort of like key pillars or key behaviors that need um adjusting rupturing even uh, like straight away to try and um get to this way of, of more holistic thinking 
Yeah. I mean, I would say that my biggest personal shift, because I still like, even for me, I have to undo conditioning of, Mm. of Mm. what I know to be true working in a 200 person office, which was what I did before, um, starting my own business. And these, these beliefs that were like, no, 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 that's just conditioning. That's not the way. Um, but really, especially around, I, I, firstly, I would say that like around my relationship to roles is something that Mm -hmm. I personally have had to pay close attention to. So why, like I, I'm telling myself I'm showing up in this role. Well, what if I just show up as the human, like Christina and, you know, and trust my instinct and know what I, you know, have I been clear with my communication around expectations? Have I, does this person know what's expected of them? Um, have I provided feedback in real time? Have I like, have I listened? Have I provided the tools? There's all these things that are really just, if I think we get really caught up in these, um, in this whole idea of, well, I'm a boss and then, and I am, I am the founder and how yep. dare you talk to me that way or whatever. And, and we, whatever we say to ourselves, um, creates this actually distance, um, within companies, um, because we, when we're disconnected from our heart, it shows up really quickly. Um, it shows up, especially in communication. And so, um, you know, I, that's something from day one, I've had to continuously do work on, um, this kind of reprogramming of what I know to be true in, in the context of work. Um, I have a great book that I read pretty early on called Shakti Leadership. And it's talking about yin and yang energy. So masculine and feminine energy in business and how we have really, um, created a lot of our business practices in the hyper yang energy, which is like being analytical, strategic, goal oriented, future focused, mm-hmm. moving yep. the best ahead, which is important. Absolutely. We, we can't do leadership or business without that. But the problem is, is that what we're seeing now is like, we need to start honoring the collaboration, the active listening, yep. the vulnerability, a bit of the stillness, um, around, you know, that's where actually our creativity is born is in that stillness. And then we execute upon it. Right. But I think about the business decisions and ideas that have catapulted, um, and, and really impacted the trajectory of the path of the business and myself, of course. And those didn't come when I was typing away at my Excel document, you know, (laughs) that those came in either in meditation, um, walking, you know, down the streets of a new city or in nature or, you know, really in these environments that actually were kind of conducive for conducive to creating some pause. Um, and then of course, then I ha- have to go execute on them if I'm going to pursue them. But that that's the challenge is I think we have to look at how we just, how we operate our businesses, um, from the really this holistic lens and that how do we create, you know, patterns of 
or not patterns, but, you know, cadence and how we communicate with one another and how do we deliver feedback and how do we, um, yeah, create these, um, touch points that really do support both of these energies within our businesses. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's like these businesses, but also the way that you conduct your everyday life. And I mean, this is yes. the way that I describe it, but I describe it as a like as a narrative, right? So this narrative of like, yeah. oh, I've got to be strategic. I've got to win this. I've got to win that. It's operating from a place of scarcity, right? Or I mean, I really resonated yes. with me when you were just like, I am the founder of this. This is, this is ego. And as, you know, yes. someone who's also really dealt with that same conditioning of, you know, ego, like these are some, yeah, some na- narratives and patterns that I guess we need to, we need to be aware of number one. Yeah. And then how yes. to, how to reshift and, um, follow, follow those, fo- follow this different types of yeah energy. Yeah. And I guess it's a cultivation of habit, right? Different types of habits. Absolutely. And I, you know what? And I would say the best habit and where to start is curiosity. Mm. So we say something, oh, oh it, it creates a reaction for someone. Now, get curious around that instead of jumping ahead, but okay, well, when I said that to that person, you know, where was that coming from? What was my intent behind it? You know, I think that's um, one of the most important starting places for any kind of mindful practice, even if it was not meditating, but even if it was, um, you know, walking through the city streets in a mindful way mm-hmm. is like getting curious, being observant. And, um, and that's a great, you know, in, in, instead of thinking about overhauling a whole structure or a system or, you know, how do we do this? It's like actually really looking at celebrating, um, our whole, our wholeness and yeah. not just the cerebral and the brain, but actually the heart too. And, um, and curiosity is like a great place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about, um, the, the physical environment. Yes. Um, because, uh, I think most of us are aware of, you know, this sort of new workplace culture. Um, and it's kind of come through both like giant companies, <laughs> Google being one, um, but also, you know, through a startup company. So in the, in the giant company sense, you know, there's this like big change, this ethos about like, all right, we have a free canteen. We have like different office environments. You can work quietly there. You can sleep on a couch there. You can have group meetings pop up here. Um, or do we need a foosball table? We absolutely do need a foosball <laughs> table. There's a games area here, all the, those sorts of things. Um, And I think that's also translated into the startup ethos, which Mm -hmm. is, yes, you don't need to go have a fully kitted out office in a prime real estate location in the city center. You can have a warehouse space and we'll just like everyone can just have a laptop and we'll just see how we go. And I wonder if you could just speak a bit about how um, are are those things, you know, are they are they the the same kind of mindfulness and, and and holistic ways of thinking that you're talking about, or are they kind of versions of, but are also missing missing other things. I think it comes down to uh, what I think. I I'll take that and like twist it a little bit, just provided the times of right now, where I think we're going to start seeing when we talk about workplace culture and we talk about the office culture, very often we'll talk about 
I get to wear jeans and Converse to school or to, to work. Uh, we get, yeah, all these things, like we get the foosball table, we have beers on Friday and that's how people describe their workplace culture. And when we are no longer so centralized or having this office as fully the container of culture, all of a sudden workplace culture is going to be a lot more humanistic. Mm. When I, I actually, how I'm experiencing the culture of the company is how do I feel when I'm talking to my colleague or my boss and how they handled a situation. Um, so of course, when we talk about the office, I think there's a lot of thoughtfulness that can go into an office. I think you can um, really, I think the best offices are usually designed, connected to their values if they really do eat, breathe and live their values. So yeah. I think that um, it's important, but we're also in this really odd time where we, no one really knows what is yeah. in store for the office. We don't, we're, we know it's going to change and adapt. We don't really know. And so we've oft, we've had this strong attachment of the office to culture. And when you remove the office or the really strong rootedness of the office, the culture actually becomes a lot more dependent on human to human. Yeah. And so all of that stuff is nice. And of course, like those, the big campuses will, some of them will still exist. Um, there's obviously going to be changes and, and they're, they're meaningful, but again, you can have all the free green juice in the world and workout classes and opportunity to, um, you know, like you can have all, you can have all the things, you can have all the <laughs> wellness things. Yeah. And, and yet if you are being, if the way that leadership is, you know, really, um, operating the business and, and the experience of it is completely unmindful and it's completely disinterested in your well-being based on how X, Y, and Z is done. Um, that's what's going to make an employee leave. Yeah. You're not going to hold on for the green juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, yeah. um, that was perfect and really succinct, but it also comes back to what you were saying, right? About, <sighs> The, the the importance of not only setting in place different standards from you know the top of the company perspective it's also not only talking it's also walking right and that also mm -hmm. it, it so it comes back to this running sense of a integrity and b authenticity so you know mm -hmm. and and authenticity is so crucial in this case because you know if it doesn't align well, then, you know, you're going to see right through that and you're going to move yourself, hopefully, mm -hmm. to a situation where you where you have that greater, you know, alignment and authenticity. Um, and this leads to, I mean, right now, okay, I mean, this has been, I mean, things are constantly changing. This is what life is, this is what the world is. But I think we can all agree that there's been some, you know, major transformation with this period mm -hmm. of um, COVID-19 increased working from home. Um, and, you know, generally speaking, being more conscious, I mean, I'd say, I think Cliff and I would, we were thinking about, you know, season one of, um, you know, between two curators and the amount that empathy kept on coming up, right? It was as a word mm -hmm. that was being used because they're like, if you, this is an opportunity to feel other humans, right? Because we're all in this together. Mm -hmm. The question is, is that, you know, how has this, and this is something that I believe keeps on 
developing, but how does this, you know, impact, you know, the work that you're setting out to do and, um, and your mission, right? Yeah. Well, I would say that as we were just mentioning, um, there's now this element of collective, I don't know if I should use the word suffering because that feels very charged, but Mm. it's a collective experience that we, uh, many of us on this earth have endured together. And what we've seen is fractures within these structures and systems. I think, like I was saying kind of prior around um, the planning and the future focus and all that. Yeah. And um, and there, there's a Darwin quote around, it's not the strongest who will survive. It's the, the one who can adapt. And that, you know, resilience is so deeply connected with mindfulness. And so, you know, I'm grateful. Obviously, there's a lot of hardship and we're going to continue to see how things evolve. And I'm sure it won't be smooth sailing and with complete ease. But I think people now universally or collectively can say, okay, like we, we don't know everything. We, yeah. we might, our ego might have led us to believe that we, we got it all planned. We got it all figured yeah. out. Um, but I think now there is this real opportunity to kind of reconnect and, um, realign, reconfigure, um, and really the individuals, I think from based on my community, and I'm sure both of you have people in your community that have had brilliant wake up moments out of this stillness of being like, wait, yeah, I, I actually got furloughed, but I'm realizing I'm not at all in the role. Like I'm, I was in this role because of this job that led me into that job that led me into this job. And I'm realizing that actually I set out to do, I studied design and now I'm in yeah. production and, <laughs> and actually I'm not using any of my creativity and I want to reconnect to that. Yeah. And, um, and so there is so much gift and offering in all this hardship. Um, but I do think that this is kind of this pulse check moment, um, Mm. of, okay, what happens when I now get intentional after this pause or slowing down and tuning in and kind of this waking up. And I, um, I think it's a really like, it's a, it's fertile ground. It's really a, an optimal time to be spending some more time reflecting and going inward and, and continuing those conversations and uh, with self yeah, and, and keep that going moving forward. So yeah, I, um, I'm looking forward. I'm doing a bunch of workshops and, um, around resiliency and supporting your well being and, um, and then also on the other side, uh, doing consulting work with, businesses and organizations here, especially, you know, in London and across a lot of different, um, countries, I'm sure at the same time are going from furlough to ending furlough to redundancy and, and company, like having, how, having mindful conversations around really tough stuff. Yeah. Like really tough we, stuff. Yeah. And, and how, how well equipped are we really to have those conversations uh, and and not only have those conversations, but then take care of ourselves, so it's sustainable past October. Um, so yeah, it's it's a hard time, but it also there's a lot of 
there's a lot to be offered through mm-hmm. all of this challenge and hardship. Mm, huge amount of change. And I presume like with your consulting hat on, as you were saying there, that, yeah. um, you know, people are, are coming to you. Are you seeing that? Are they like interested in the first instance in, in resilient mindfulness or is it a kind of, Oh my God, half my workforce is working from home. Is it what kind of shift are you yeah, tracking there on? The- I, w- I would say the resiliency component is a little more like the freelancer, small business owner, okay, um, yeah. a lot more of like someone like on an individualistic level, someone who's like kind of the reckoning of all, all of what I knew to be true is no longer yeah. of like safe, a sense mm-hmm. of safety and security and um, just fear of the unknown. Um, which is a natural response as humans we have. Um, I definitely see though that, um, you know, companies are really, again, recognizing this is a really trying time for their staff and there's big change happening and how they choose to, I don't want to say treat, but show up for their, their team members during this really pivotal time is going to, um, really impact things down the line. So this is a really key, crucial time. It's a really sensitive time and it's a time to be really thoughtful. And so, yeah, not only providing the skills to support them in their job, but also supporting them as humans. Um, I really do believe that when we do the work within the work we put out into the world is the right work we're meant to be doing led from like our highest self. So right now is still a time to be continuously kind of checking in and taking care of ourselves. Yeah. I, and I just love what you, what you ended there on. And once again, you know, reminding us reminding everyone who's listening is just is coming back to our own humanity right and the humanity of others mm-hmm. and i just wanted to touch on that distinction you said of you know uh, like treating versus showing up there's something about showing up which is really active right mm-hmm. and it's not just oh yeah i, c- I will support you it's like no okay how mm-hmm. so what are we going to do you know hands on deck um and i mm-hmm. think that that's 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 really beautiful and really important um Mm -hmm. not only in this time but always um and oh i wonder i have so many questions (laughs) but um we're actually at the end um and this has all been really deeply inspirational but christina we wanted to end with one final question which we ask all of our guests and that is what creative inspiration do you have for our listeners I would say that creative inspiration for me has always come from a deeper knowing of self mm-hmm. and never underestimate, like never underestimate the power of going within. Mm. We have everything at our fingertips and within ourselves and we've been conditioned to believe it's outside of us, but really all that is within us and we are whole and we've got or our innate powers within us. So never underestimate um, what we're capable of by just going in. Awesome. Love it. Love yeah. it. Very good. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you. Christina, if, if people want to, I mean, there's so many different things you're involved in, but 
If people want to find out more, um, what yes. are the, some of the key places? Where should they go to look? I would say christinadisler.com is, that feels so funny. This is a new thing to be uh, <laughs> putting it out to the world, but christinadisler.com is a central place to look like be linked out to the businesses, to work lab, the mm. work. Mm. Um, the work has tons of resources, incredible writing. Um, it's the public, the publication is really just a place in which all these brilliant souls have come together and are sharing their wisdom. So the work.co spelled W E R K. Um, and yeah, everything should be there on my site, um, to learn more. Great. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Um, well, thank, thank you. you, Christina. This has been really, really incredible. Um, we appreciate your time and your insight. Um, and, you know, thanks to everyone who's listened and join us next time for more creative chat. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>